0: Hi guys, Sean and Miriam here and welcome to That Staff Room Podcast.
1: Every other week we will be chatting about all things school related, from school dinners to Ofsted ratings.
0: Join us in the conversation as we delve into the life of a teacher, the good, the bad and the downright hilarious.
1: Now, lesson is in session.
0: Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of that staff room podcast we are in episode two of season two and this episode is titled great teacher versus teacher of great lessons Um, before we dip into this episode though. Um, If you haven't already, we would love it if you subscribe to us. You can catch us on Spotify and uh, Apple Podcasts, as well as other podcast outlets. Um, Please do subscribe and pass on the pod to as many people as possible that you think would benefit from listening to That Staff Room Podcast. But this episode, as I said, is about great teachers and teachers of great lessons. And uh, we have a special guest, don't we, Miriam?
1: We do. And talking to great teachers, we've got with us today Fran Giovanna, who is a former RE teacher with q stage 3 Responsibility and works as a trainer for a drug and alcohol recovery service and does loads of training with loads of different people and also produces great resources for other trainers to use. So thank you for coming, Fran. It's good to have you with us. Thanks for having me. do no worry.
0: <laughs> so as we dip in today, I just thought it'd be good to think of our favourite teachers from the past, um, some great teachers in our histories. So Fran, um, if you think back to your past, what, who stands out to you as your favourite teacher and, and why?
2: Well, funnily enough, Miriam just introduced me as a former RE teacher and it was my RE teacher who was my favourite teacher mm-hmm. at school as well. Um, <laughs> she was like little and fierce which I feel like I've tried to model my own life on (laughs) being (laughs) five foot two in a classroom isn't always the easiest thing to do um but she was she was absolutely tiny but she was you just wouldn't mess with her and you can imagine in the northeast like a really fiery little Geordie woman you 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 wouldn't you wouldn't mess with her (laughs) (laughs) what made her your
1: favorite teacher what did she do that was like oh she's my favorite
2: she just kept it real like she wasn't like one of these teachers who like she wasn't all show she would like have like proper conversations with you in the classroom and she didn't mind if you like went off on a tangent and you know I don't know she like wanted to know a bit of the gossip that was happening (laughs) and like she was just like friendly and she wasn't she didn't feel distant from us she felt like she actually cared about what was going on and then also she was like great at Communicating subject knowledge as well, which I appreciate now, but probably didn't at the time. I think at
0: the mm-hmm. time I just thought she was cool. <laughs> it's, it's funny. My my favorite teacher that I had at school was also a Geordie, and very okay. fierce, very fierce.
2: But, um <laughs> <was totally> characteristic. <laughs> yeah, the kids used to call
0: him Shearer. Like everyone used to go Shearer when he But um, he was he's my English teacher, and like you know, like I, I don't know. Being a boy growing up, like English just wasn't the one that anyone ever spoke about. You know, like it just wasn't like a cool subject to like, really. Um, and I, and but he made it cool to me anyway, right? And I think the the reason being, I was. It was when I first moved into his class. Well, I would have been like year ten, and I was just sat at the front of the class, and I, d- I didn't do any of the work, and I was just writing lyrics because I was one of those little emo kids that write loads of li- lyrics. <laughs> so, like, he noticed that I was writing lyrics, which I guess, like, to him as an English teacher, is like that's a good thing, right? Because he's writing poetry essentially. Yeah. So he just like showed an interest in it. Didn't tell me off, and then like ever since then, I just he'd always ask me questions on like poetry in the class, and like c- hooked me in. But alongside that, he had this kind of like fierce side. He was a like a, a, a deputy head, bellowed down the corridors. No one like you would just never mess around with him. And he'd, he, he, but and he also had a laugh. So he had these like the the amazing kind of intuition of a great teacher, the respect of like you know years of working in the school and working his way up. But also he would have a laugh. I remember one student. Um, I think I've told this story before, but. One student um, was eating sweets in the front row of the classroom, and he caught him twice. The first time he caught him, he asked him to empty his pockets. The second time he caught him, he, he, he asked him to come to the start of the class um, the front of the class. He picked him up, pulled him upside down and shook him. So all the sweets fell out of his pockets, and as he was doing it, he said, "You know what sweets are for? Sweets are for sharing." <laughs> like <laughs> top set English, you know, all boys, and like obviously it got quite the laugh. But um, you know, he just and he had this group of boys that were, you know, in any other circumstance would have been so challenging, but there was mm-hmm. never any issues in his classroom. Um, but yeah, he just he just he he. I got my highest grade in English. In school and it was definitely because of him
2: yeah mine was in RA funnily enough <laughs> favorite teacher best best result yeah
1: it I think that's a be- that's a theme isn't it that's <laughs> what happens when you have a teacher you want to do well for them and you want to right. work really hard and get the, the, the best kind of results but I think it's it's interesting listening to both of you although I did just dip out because my internet just suddenly cut <laughs> but I don't know if you noticed we covered it's all <laughs> well, yeah, right yeah. No one <laughs> But what's really interesting listening to both of you is how really the pastoral element of both teachers was what really made you want to work hard for that that person. Because you really just liked and respected them as a teacher. I think that was the same for me. I had a teacher called Mr Johnson and he was this ginger like quite geeky looking in lots of ways but he played basketball and he was like so good at basketball and um or basketball if you're from London not basketball but um Uh but anyway he he was just amazing at playing basketball and so because of him I joined the basketball team he was like the PE teacher and I joined the basketball team and I loved it and all the rest of it but also like this was a time in history where well maybe it wasn't maybe it was just a bit bad but this is when teachers it wasn't so bad to get in like the car with a teacher and stuff like that so i used to like get what, what's going home.
2: on right now do we... <laughs> <We're
1: Pickle. searching. laughs> can you imagine it would just never happen nowadays but i would get lifts home with this teacher i babysat his kids like, <laughs> it was you like really liked him. no but yeah <laughs> <laughs> No, but like it wasn't weird like it didn't feel weird anyway and like you know I knew his wife and it was just like all of this and because like I he really bought into me and I really bought into him clearly <laughs> um, <laughs> like he was my favorite 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 teacher and I just remember I really wanted to do a level PE a level sports science. And my parents were not having it like they were like no it's not a serious subject <laughs> they were right but <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> I'm, joking. I'm joking for anyone that's a sports teacher um they were like it's not a real subject you know you need to do maths English and biology or whatever and I was like I'm really rubbish at those subjects why would I do them and um anyway I really wanted to do sports science and I remember talking to Mr Johnson like, I really want to do it and really I wanted to do it because he was such a great teacher and I knew he'd be teaching me and I just really wanted to keep playing basketball and keep doing all these things and he went and met my parents he came to my parents house imagine he came to the door and he spoke to my parents about me being able to do um a level sport science and to me that was like hero behavior it's like wow you came and spoke to my parents about this and yeah I did really well and it's because he just put in a lot of care (laughs) and love and attention into his students and it wasn't just me it was like so many of the students he just he went the extra mile and, and a few, like that
0: a few more than made... an extra mile didn't he? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> you would never do that now gosh
0: no. i'd imagine well, it was, you, it was you probably, probably shouldn't
1: have back, back there, right? then either it
0: was well, so i'd imagine it would have been like no, you know far apart bristol. oh this is bristol this was okay.
1: bristol this was bristol so yeah it was it was different i went to secondary school in bristol um so, yeah, that's my favourite teacher. But I think a key thing that comes out is they do go the extra mile. And it's something about their personality and their care of their students that makes you want to work really hard for them.
0: It's funny what you said about like PE teachers, because I don't I don't know if you ever get this, but I, there's Careful. almost like, no, 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 I'm actually them <laughs> up here. Um, it's, um, I almost get envious sometimes because they have, like, they always seem to have the best relationships with the most difficult students, mm-hmm. you know, like they never have any issues because like, obviously they're bought into P, but you know, uh, uh, because it, some of them, that's, that's their kind of their thing, you know, mm. um, and music, I do get that sometimes, but P's generally the one. And, you know, you'll have, you might teach those students and, you know, they, you, you find, you Um, It's very difficult to build relationships with them and 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 develop kind of positive learning behaviour and stuff like that. But then you'll see them in their in their um you know out out on the field and things like that, and they're just all lined up correctly, silently waiting,
2: (laughs) being patient. You're
1: like,
0: they're all how do you do that?
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. bit frustrating, isn't it? Like,
0: (laughs) but I I wonder how many Mm. PE teachers are like other people's favourite teachers. Because well, one of them was mine. Like, I thought, you know, mm. I really like this teacher. And he gave me an, a glowing report when I was being slaughtered by other teachers at this uh, parents' evening. But then, like, a couple of years later, I was working in Tesco's and he came through and I was like, oh, Mr. Armstrong. And he was like, mm. oh, he didn't know <laughs> <laughs> Do you
1: know, I had a PE teacher called Mr. Body. Isn't that a great name for a PE teacher?
0: <laughs> Armstrong and Body. Yeah, that's not bad. Eh?
1: Such a great name. Yeah, sorry, I didn't like... say <laughs> that day but yeah no they were definitely our favorite teachers
0: so just thinking back to the title I'm pretty sure I came up with this but now I'm not not 100% sure I'm just gonna I I can't remember (laughs) I had a conversation with someone but I know where it came from it came from the idea of like this thing in football where sometimes pundits will say you know there's there are great goal scorers and there are scorers of great goals and the kind of idea being that you know a great goal scorer is someone that, you know, will, will score the tap-ins, will have great anticipation and score the rebounds. And not every goal that they score is this, like, take your breath away goal or moment, but they yeah. just do the bread and butter of, of being there and getting it. And they're, like, 7 out of 10 every game. Not maybe 10 out of 10 some games, but they're 7 out of 10 every game. And then you've got scorers of great goals that kind of, you know, every now and then score an absolute screamer. And, it, you know, <laughs> it's really technical, but it's less consistent and you know when i think about teaching you know sometimes we'll have members of staff that we know will pull out an amazing lesson you know maybe just when an observation's <laughs> coming or something like that
2: but then we
0: have those teachers of those great teachers who not not every single lesson is just like you know this amazing experience but but it's it's that seven out of ten that's that that threshold that they never dip below with consistent learning and consistent um checking with consistent routines and there's so many other things that kind of you need to be able to kind of do it day in and day out um you know after an open even or something like that come in the next day and deliver Mm. another seven out of ten period one
2: yeah Um,
0: so it's a period
1: six on a friday when you've had six period (laughs) day.
0: (laughs) exactly yeah. and it's just on picking like those things that what makes a great teacher um, and I know Fran like you've had um, experiences obviously in school but also planning resources for other people and maybe we should start with looking at that you know the resource um, in terms of is the resource the thing that makes a great lesson or what what, what is it that makes the great lesson and the, the great teaching
1: plan, practice
2: the powerpoint <laughs> or is it the person <laughs> or is it the person <sighs> I'm not sure you can really separate the two. Like I think you could have an absolutely phenomenal resource with, you know, videos and exciting quizzes and whatever else that's gonna engage the kids. But if you've got a boring, non-engaging teacher stood at the front who actually doesn't care about what they're teaching, it's not gonna be a good lesson. But then on the flip side, you could have an amazing teacher who can take something well, we've all been there, haven't we? When you go into school and the internet's not working, and therefore all your PowerPoints for the day, you can't get to them, they're not going to work, and you have to just make it up on the spot. And it takes somebody with personality and someone who the kids respond to to turn a situation like that around. So I think it kind of works both ways. I think, like, I, I think you hit the nail on the head though, because it's consistency, isn't it? Like, you can have a teacher who's really consistently caring and engaging and putting the effort. And then for them, if they're having a bad day, they've still got the kids on side. Um, I think it's harder for, I don't know, I don't want to say bad teachers, but you know people who maybe don't have that same thing going on, for them, if they're having a bad day, like, it's, they've lost the kids because they're not on mm. side in the first place. It's the yeah. consistency that I think is key.
0: Yeah. And I think sometimes it's not about being a bad teacher. It's about like people developing, you know, like some aspects of their teaching profession might be really good. And then other elements aren't so good. Um, And I know, I I remember like my previous school, we had this like rubric of all these different um, (laughs) categories to to define good teaching practice. And one would be about climate. One would be about Mm. um, like, Relationships and the question, yeah. So you had all these different strands. Mm-hmm. And it's like mm-hmm. some of the things you might be really, really
2: excelling mm. in,
0: and then other things you might be, you know, really kind of developing. And um, mm. I suppose like it's fluid fluid in a lot of ways. You might have yeah. um like new classes. I've just experienced this going into yeah. a new school where like no one knows me. So my routines went way down, you know, right. relationships are zero because you don't have them yet um but it's just maybe my route to getting back to where I was is quicker than someone that hasn't gone that through
1: that path before
2: yeah like you've got the toolkit already that you can dip into Mm. you had a similar
1: thing didn't you Fran because you moved from a school where you'd been there for a really long time to then somewhere that was completely like you, you were in a if you don't mind me saying it, a private you how, how dare I say it? a private school <laughs> <laughs> That's it, sorry um, you were in a private school and then you went somewhere completely different to to actually you know a state school that 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 needed a lot of work <laughs> to put yeah. it nicely how did you find that like you know adjusting your toolkit then to, was, to the students it was so
2: tricky because it's not one size fits all and you know when you're like you're new into teaching and you've gone through your pgca and you're like you feel like you know everything that you've been taught everything and i should be able to go into any classroom and command the space and everybody should respect me because i've just got my pgca um but it's like it should work like that and you you know i went from this place where being a private school i spent so much time with these kids and a lot of them i was then you know, um, in the boarding house with them and, like, looking after them. So I had these great relationships. And then I went to this school where those kids made me work. <laughs> they I, never had to work so hard to be respected. But actually, it was like once, once you hit that connection, once you found the thing that... um sort of clicked with them and they realized like oh she's not that bad um which is an re teacher it's sometimes very difficult (laughs) to prove to them that like you're you're not that bad um but then they they were like fiercely loyal as well so actually
1: yeah
2: my experience of teaching in that school was a challenge it was so challenging probably one of the hardest um like teaching roles I've been in but also when you did get those kids on side it was the most rewarding
0: yeah I absolutely I'm, I'm I'm in a similar place at the moment where I've just taken over some classes and the previous music teachers have uh, have have kind of moved on to pastures new and the students like <laughs> I've taken over these year 11s and they're just like I've got you now you know like
2: they, <laughs> who are you yeah.
0: <laughs> you know just like oh I miss I miss mister you know and then like just all the time reminded me how great they were Um <laughs> but but you know like the the thing is even within like it's been two weeks i'm on like lesson 5 of some of these students there's a difference already you know just mm. ha- and it takes time and you know it it it's um you know you div- for some people they'll have been the only teacher they'll ever have ever known if they've been there 5 years and they've met them in year 7 and now they're in year 11, it's a strong bond, you know, you go through a lot of kind of development in those years as a student and for someone to have been there all the way, it's, it's very difficult to replace that with, with another person. Um, but you know, I suppose time's the healer on something like that, isn't it? And, uh, you've got to be as a member of staff willing to put in the miles to kind of make up that lost time and, uh, and building those relationships.
1: What, what do you guys do, though, when it's like a, a cover lesson, right? So you don't have a relationship necessarily with the kids and you might also get given a really pants resource because, let's face it, <laughs> when you do cover lessons, <laughs> the quality you can get is extremely variable. And actually, I was just thinking about this. And um, last year, I there was a lot of schools that were really struggling with covid and um they they had a lot of staff out and so one of the schools that I support through my local authority work I said oh I'll come in I'll just come in and and do some cover (laughs) lessons for you (laughs) um you know make make sure that the school can you know stay open I'll I'll come in and help and um I went into it was actually a music lesson and the cover work was so bad like it would have been like watching paint dry and I was like I can't teach that like it, it's just, it's not going to happen. And with the kids in front of me, I'm thinking, you don't know me, you've never seen me in your life. The cover work is pants. Now I've got uh, my money as a good teacher. Do you know? What I mean? And I had to rely on my personality to get those kids on board. And I worked hard, and they did actually produce some decent work that I just made on the fly. Have either of you ever been
2: that, that, takes something that kind of situation? it was
1: hard I but mean I if it was a music lesson
2: out. I would have struggled even further <laughs> at least not quite musical um <laughs> but this is it I mean take RE for example that like I said before like as an RE teacher you get a lot of this we are like the opposite of the PE teacher like with, <laughs> with someone, like demand you know respect and things like that people are like especially I've worked in Catholic as well so you've got a bunch of you've got 30 kids sat in front of you who are being made to do a GCSE in RE they don't know why they're doing it they don't want to be there <laughs> um, and so for anybody coming in and doing a cover lesson in RE I've always felt it was like my duty to provide resources that are good enough that it doesn't undo all the work I've done up until that point there's nothing worse <laughs> than someone coming in being like oh yeah I all I agree like, rubbish. Why, why, <laughs> why would you study it? Yeah. Honestly.
1: Because like, a lot of teachers think that too. What's do. the point in REP studying? No.
0: don't. Hey,
1: yes, I used to teach it, I, I feel like I can say that with confidence yeah. as well, well you and your authority.
2: <laughs> but I have I worked my I worked really hard to get <laughs> <set>, year <your> 10 <laughs> on side. And then one day they came in and they were like, Oh miss, I was taught my math teacher. And he said, unless I want to be a priest, I don't need to do RE. I was like, (laughs) oh no. (laughs) So you're working against it. So you've got to leave. I was just to challenge myself to leave like really, really solid, interesting resources so that even if I wasn't there or someone else in the department wasn't there, something good went on in the lesson. Yeah. Even if it's just like having a discussion about, I don't know, a topic that gets you know like capital punishment or you know some things get mm. you know, the mm. interesting ones well yeah, what would be some of the
1: yeah what would what would some of the activities be that you would leave non-specialist teachers so that the cover work that they set at least meant that the lesson was going to be decent enough because I suppose it goes back to the the overarching question this whole podcast is like what makes a great teacher the resource the teacher Mm. bit of both what what is it so when you've got a teacher that maybe doesn't have a passion for the subject at all they're really frustrated and annoyed that they've been put on cover because let's face it we've all been there uh so what do you include in that lesson to make it easier other than just an interesting topic because they still might not be wanting to do it is there are there particular activities that you're like this makes life easier for a cover teacher
2: yeah I mean if you put in a discussion um as like the majority of the lesson someone's going to hunt you down like they're not, <laughs> <know, they're> not <laughs> yeah. going to be okay with that especially if they're not a subject specialist yeah. I mean in mind, I spent you know during the pandemic um I was pregnant, so they couldn't have me in school. So I worked at home and I I made resources for the whole of the humanities department. So you've got an RE specialist who hasn't done geography since I was 14, which is a while ago. Um, And I'm making resources for geography teachers. And I'm like, how on earth do I do this? How, as a non-subject specialist, do you even, you know, go there? But I always find, like, a lesson that's going to go down well is one where the answers are in... You know, it's all yeah. there on the PowerPoint. Yeah. And yes. it's a journey from beginning to end, from starter, right through to plenary. You have, and um, the teacher has everything there to be able to help these kids do. Even if there's stuff on there and they're like, I don't know this. They're going to rely on the fact that there's a slide coming that's going to, you know, mop all of Save that. And actually, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, things like, sometimes you have to rely on the old school of like comprehension, you know, like uh, <laughs> here's a lot of information. Let's read it through together we can talk about it and then we'll answer some questions about it. And it might not be, you know, the most jazzy or exciting of lessons, but it gives, it empowers the teacher because they've got all of the information there and the kids are still getting something out of it because by the end of the lesson, they can actually answer some questions.
1: Mm. How how does that work for music, Sean? (laughs)
0: Sorry. (laughs) Back in my earlier... Parts of my career, it would literally just be worksheets, right? So, like um, worksheets of students because uh, you can't set a practical task. Yeah. Because there could be no model. But yeah, <laughs> <I've>, I mean,
2: <laughs> I've definitely covered some keyboard <laughs> lessons. <laughs>
0: well, it's just I there's two reasons I wouldn't do it. One is like they're not going to be able to model it correctly. So mm-hmm. the outcome is not going to be correct. And two, I just don't trust anybody else. How teaching students <laughs> with my instruments because if they break the keyboards or drumsticks goes through a drum skin because right. I'm just it's it just I'd rather them just have a work and like sometimes you know if it wasn't like a strong member of staff I'd be like you're not even teaching them in that room you know you're gonna uh, go to
2: the
0: classroom do you
1: know do you know what's funny though right I just you say that makes me laugh because <laughs> well I've done a music co- I can actually like sing and play the piano and stuff. But um, when I've gone in and the music cover has been just dry, like just worksheets, yeah. I've been like, scrap this, guys. We're going to learn the Rugrats.
0: But that's all right because you know what you do. And like the thing is with cover, sometimes you don't know who's going to be doing your cover on the day. And um, and we, we were speaking like off air about this a moment ago whilst Miriam was dealing with like technical <laughs> issues, <laughs> But A lot of it's to do with like time, right? So
1: mm. we
0: had an opportunity where, you know, a member of staff in our department created a, because we knew he was going to have a long-term supply on a class. And mm-hmm. they, um, they created like a scheme of learning that could be taught by someone that um, isn't a music specialist. And it was like developed on listening activities. And as you said, right. the answers are there, the mm. extracts are there and the right lengths of time, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And, and it can be done, but it takes time. And um, yeah, you know, we, as, as I was saying, we were speaking off air Fran about um, that's one of the biggest things time. Um, Mm. And when we're linking back to like being a great teacher and planning great lessons, you know, sometimes the time just escapes us all. And um, we've all worked at different levels of being in a school, you know, from classroom teaching to heads of department, teachers with responsibility, assistant head teachers. You always feel like the role that you're in, you've got no time. And I think that's probably like the the same for everybody across the school. You're just so stretched for time and everything has to be immediate. Um, And to plan great lessons and great resources, it takes a lot of time, a lot of time, a lot of consideration.
1: It It does. But at the same time, there is so much out there that Mm -hmm. is great, that can really help. So like, for example, a school that I support, they, they are that they don't have a music teacher right now and so sean kindly shared some really great resources i think the resources you're talking about actually that can be taught by non-specialists <laughs> but equally as well there was some some great stuff that that came through from um for, for other subjects from oak national uh, academy yeah, have you guys yeah. have you guys come across yeah. them yeah, and it's where yeah. i think it ha- i think they kind of put a load of stuff together during the pandemic where um it's essentially teachers that have put their their great powerpoints together and then um have recorded themselves kind of teaching Uh the the curriculum teaching the 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 lesson and they're just so useful because then for a cover teacher it's just like press play and pause at the right points and let the the specialist teacher teach that thing Uh and um I think those are great. I think some great resources came out actually in the pandemic where Mm -hmm. more is more is online and more is shared. And then you've also got, you know, mastery curriculums and different things that have been created. So you're not having to reinvent the wheel, but you can just use what's there and make it even better. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean?
0: So if we've got that in place and we've uh, got the best resources possible, what else do you need to be a
1: great teacher? million dollar question
2: (laughs) I thought you were going to say a million dollar Yeah, that would be nice (laughs) (laughs) that would be nice I just love
1: it sounds so pansy doesn't it it? it someone
2: who cares It
1: is somebody that can and if you think about what we said at the very beginning of this episode, it really was about the teachers who showed us care, you know, and it, it is that it is do you really like your students do you like do you know your students not even do you like your students there is that but you can fake liking people (laughs) but do you know your students do you know what's happening for them do you know what's going on like a bit of personal detail about them do you know where they struggle um do you know their special needs do you know um if they speak English as an additional language like do you really know your students and then cater what you're doing to them or are you just blanket teaching you know the same thing to everybody um without really considering the kids that are in front of you so I think love but it's also love and knowing your, your students There's,
2: well I remember doing my PhD and one of the things I shared with us was this um, study that a guy called John Hattie had done about like um, different um, techniques and how effective they were on student like learning and, and um, gaining and subject knowledge is way down on that list it's so near the bottom and then the ones at the top are things like class discussion and giving good feedback and questioning we mentioned questioning earlier and that's about caring isn't it because mm. I can go in and teach and well like we have saying I could read a geography powerpoint I don't know anything about geography um <laughs> and or I could go in and teach physics but I'm not necessarily excited about that and I think being excited about your subject is one thing you have to love it otherwise the kids not going to love it yeah. um, but it's that alongside caring about the kids who are sat in front of you I think I always think more so with primary school teachers than perhaps secondary but for a lot of kids they see us more than they see other people so sometimes their teachers are the most constant yeah influence and present that they have in their lives. And so they need to find in us the same things that they want to see in their parents, someone who will give them time, someone who will just listen to them, someone who will be excited for them when they, I don't know, do a win a football match outside of school or Mm -hmm. run in, you know, a county cross country or whatever it is and when they come in and you go oh well done like that was great how how did it go and they're like whoa she she cares like i didn't i did that Mm. outside of school and she knows about it Mm. and that's that's the relationship there they're like the clinch moments aren't there for relationships with students that set you apart
0: yeah i remember the my previous head teacher used to say um something along the lines of like Students won't remember your PowerPoint. You know, mm-hmm. they won't remember how good your resource was. They, right. they just remember. They'll remember you. You know, and your relationship yeah. and how you are with them. Uh-huh. Um, and I, like, I had a real moment this year. Um, that like this ac- not this academic year, but this calendar year, and um, it was a really tough class. Um, I was finding it very challenging coming to this new school and uh, a lot of students, like high-profile students, in this Year Eight class. And um, I remember this really sweet kid asking me one day, just said uh, before the lesson, "Sir, are you in a good mood today? <laughs> and I was like, I'm always in a good mood. And she's like, Aww. no, no, you're not. I was like, <laughs> oh. You know, and I was like, I just like, that's her memory of me. And that really affected yeah. me. And I was like, oh, okay, I, I need to, I need to change things, you know. Um, and that stuck with me because when yeah. I've had like lessons that maybe, you know, since then haven't gone that way, gone the way I would have liked and would have gone or an interaction with a student hasn't gone the way I would have liked to have gone. I've, I've kind of always brought it back to that. Like, what am I actually putting out there myself, mm. you know, to, to contribute to that situation, uh-huh. you know, so it, you're right. A lot of it is about kind of like your investment in the, in the student, but I think you've got to be really like, I guess maybe some people are natural at it, but you know, for me, mm. I sometimes have to be really conscious of it. Um, you know, it's, it's, Particularly when you're not just dealing with classroom stuff as well, then you have like yeah. maybe pastoral responsibility. I think you know mm-hmm. you have to be very mindful of what you're bringing with you and who you're mm-hmm. bringing it to. Because sometimes you just got to bring it to like another member of staff and like share it and offload it. But like it's, you've got to make sure you don't bring it to the students because they 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 ob- they see everything.
2: They yeah. observe
0: everything. And that's like where I
2: think being a good teacher and having a good resource come back together again, because I do Mm. think that as teachers, we have difficult days. Like the reality (laughs) is everybody's stretched. You've got something going on at home and you've got, you know, a tough day at school, maybe you're teaching every lesson in that day. You've got a lunchtime club, you know, and you've got 10 papers that need to be marked by tomorrow. You're having like a rough day and that's when having a good resource that you can rely on and know Mm. that it's there and maybe your shine is a little bit duller that day but you could you know that you've got this good resource that you can rest on and will carry you through so that at least the students get like you know they're still having a good lesson even if you're less shiny Um, and like that's where it almost like comes back together right so like yeah we yeah, we're not superhuman and we're not going to be on point the whole time. And that's where having something else to rely on in that lesson. So true.
1: Important, doesn't it? So true. It's it's what you ground everything in, isn't it? And and you're right. It's those moments when you are less shiny that you're absolutely reliant on that on that resource. Like I think uh, we've all worked in in kind of a pastoral context um in our previous schools, and there are sometimes where you're dealing with something so challenging pastorally that you think hmm. I've not got the headspace at all for this lesson. But if you know you're going to a lesson. Like oh, the amount of times I was just so grateful for my former self. I was, thank you, Past Miriam, <laughs> <laughs> for producing that. But knowing that you've got a lesson that's, you know, it covers all the things you need to cover. Mm-hmm. It's got, you know, you've got retrieval practice at the very beginning. You're getting students to really think hard, really remember more. You're, you're, you're getting students to, to, to discuss in the lesson. You're checking for their understanding. There's already quizzes and plenaries built into everything, and you know, it's all there. I can sit back and let this do the talking. It really does. It really does help. And I think that, that, that sometimes people struggle more than they need to because um, they don't have that to, to fall back on. perhaps. Yeah. And it is, it is yeah. just really, really,
0: really needed. So Miriam, what are some of the top tips that have come out of this episode? What would your one be?
1: You know what? It was something that Fran said earlier about um, when she's planning resources for cover. Teachers. It's about giving the answers to people. Because I just remember planning, uh, being asked to cover a maths lesson, and I am shocking at maths, absolutely shocking, hate it. And the maths teacher had not provided any of the answers for me. And there is no way I'm going to stand up in front of a bunch of year eights. And look like I don't know the answers. so I just remember <laughs> just being there like just googling like and it probably was such basic maths but I had no idea what I was doing and just it could have been so easily fixed if in the cover work they had just left some answers for me so if you're setting cover work definitely do that I think that was a really good tip. To so thank you friend for that because it's a cry <laughs> I think of so many teachers especially when you're teaching or you get asked to teach out of your specialism
0: i've had the exact same experience in a mask cover so i can contest that but i would even stretch (laughs) it to say like if you're planning shared lessons with just someone else in your department put the answers in and also like just provide detail that someone looking at the powerpoint knows what you're thinking because you know it happens all the time like you'll plan something and you don't need that many prompts because you know what you mean well, but yeah. some, also read that and just interpret something completely different completely and you have to yeah. on, over plan when you're planning for somebody else and you're you're doing that shared curriculum which I think is you know we didn't really debate about shared curriculum today but you know mm. there's some benefit to every student having the same you
1: experience know. exactly yeah. quality of access
0: yeah, yeah exactly a quality of education what mm. do you reckon Fran what's your top tip or what your thing that you've drawn from today's
1: conversation
2: well the really funny thing is I feel like I'm going to undo what I'm just <laughs> even though she got in front of me what I was going to say was like even as teachers there has to be a moment when we got humility over anything else and say <laughs> I hold my hands of like I don't know the answer like I'm going to learn alongside you which I feel like <laughs> Honestly, in a math situation, I'd be exactly the same. I have in a cover lesson had a year seven teach the entire class because I didn't know the answer. <laughs> but I do think like you're going to have a great resource, but if we don't know, like I mean, I have struggled through many, even RE lessons where I've pretended that I knew what I was talking about, and then you have that one member of the class and they're like, Miss, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> nothing worse than I feel like if I just said at the beginning I don't know let me find out it would have saved me you know a already
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> I've definitely had a that friend. with some uh, classical music references because obviously like have a pop music background rather than a classical music and I've taught right. something uh, the next week I've gone yeah forget that forget that I told you that <laughs>
1: It's not quite right. That's not my Alberti bases. I think there's probably a lot of teachers that are agreeing with that right now. I remember watching, I know this is going off top it's but watching a science teacher and he was teaching how benign tumors are more serious than malignant tumors. And I was sat there like, that's wrong. <laughs> that's definitely wrong. And then I, I went up to him I was like, so I think you got it the wrong way around. And he was like, no, no, I don't. And I was like, no you, you definitely do oh, <laughs> like, no. you really need to sort that out but yeah I think there is definitely a need to have some humidity. but please provide the answers if you're doing a maths cover <laughs> <laughs> what are your top tips that you've taken from today Sean
0: yeah so taken from today I, I mean I was gonna say what I'd have already said about like you know making sure that when you're doing a shared curriculum that you kind of um you, you plan for someone else in mind as well but it's something we spoke about earlier we haven't necessarily spoken about it today but like just going out and watching people teach yeah now from my own experience like I feel like my teaching improved the most when I was consistently observing other people as part of my role yeah. And you just see and learn so many other kind of mm. ways of doing things, you know, and and even actually teaching outside of your your subject and experience yeah. another way of teaching and another lesson. It just, you know, there's things that when I was teaching media that I learned, you know, how to teach essay writing properly, and that helped mm. with my GCSE music, you know, and I think sometimes we can be so so kind of um inward think inward thinking and kind of inward seeing if that makes sense that um mm. with that time pressure that we spoke about it's one of the things that gets overlooked immediately like you know who sets out the start of the week and goes i'm going to go see someone else teach but yeah. you know if if at all possible in your departments when you have to do things like you know um, lesson ob- observations or drop-ins and all these things that people have to do, do them in, in groups and do them with other departments mm. and and you know spread the load and get other people to come in and go and see other ones because it will benefit yeah. everybody that that's involved in that process
2: yeah. and then it makes the planning for shared curriculums easier because you know other people's teaching styles so you can take <laughs> yeah. like the good bits of everybody's and then plan lessons that kind of draw on everybody's strengths absolutely. Yeah, definitely.
0: Well, I think that's about time to wrap it up. It's been a, a late evening today, and uh, <laughs> <I'm> sorry, guys. <laughs> and for me, it was as I said, it was open evening yesterday. And if, um, if you do want to dip back into our back catalogue, it is episode four of the first series. Episode open evening is it all a facade? Hopefully um my the the uh, open even yesterday wasn't a facade um <laughs> but my ears are ringing still from all the drumming we were doing
1: <laughs> thanks Fran, for joining us tonight it's been so lovely to have you on the show thanks for having me no problem and we'll see all of you again in two weeks time
0: that's all for this week folks thanks everyone for listening
1: and don't forget to connect with us on social media. Just search That Staff Room Podcast. Links are in the show notes.
0: Get involved in the conversation by leaving comments and messages. This podcast is all about sharing ideas and building
2: connections.
1: And if you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And if you're feeling kind, then leave us a review. Five stars are most welcome.
0: Until next time, top up your coffee, sharpen your pencils, class dismissed.